0: Current state of the luxury watch market, both wholesale and retail, and Bill Ackman's latest investment. Tune in. You're listening to the Gray Market Podcast, your daily source of watch and horology news brought to you by the experts at Luxury Bazaar. Good morning. Today is Friday, January 27th, 2023. With me today, I have Adrian, watch expert, senior buyer, senior seller, and number one Luxury Bazaar team member.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. AKA. Just don't tell Roman, he will be pissed. Adrian, yes. Uh,
0: you just got back from Florida, from Miami, you were at IWJG, you Unfortunately, were yes. the Antique yes. Show, I'm going to ask you all about it, I want to know how it went, I want to know what the vibe is like, let's start with IWJG since I was first, Wholesale,
1: what are you seeing out there? So I think it's important to point out, uh, looking back over the past year in 2022, the IWJG show, back then versus now, the mood was very somber. It was almost graveyard like, right? Because yeah. we did a few shows in 2022 and it was pretty depressing because people were just, they were in a mode where there was a lot more sellers than buyers. Are you saying now it's different? It was different, wow. right? So we didn't anticipate okay. anything really good because let's face it, we weren't going to do the show if there was no antique show. But because we we're already there, we we're already doing a big yeah. retail facing show, we're like, all right, well, why not just spend two days and, Makes sense. and do some business. Needless to say, it was a much better turnout than I anticipated, whereas there was actually people coming up and buying from you, because a lot of times when the market is down, there's more people coming up to your showcase yeah. and trying to sell off stuff. That's, that's what I thought right? was going to
0: happen. I thought you were going to we, we, be there, and we, everybody's going to try to sell you we, stuff.
1: We, we did too, but uh, again, it's, but for the most part, look, big pieces weren't moving. That's what I want to know, yeah. What's big big actually moving? Rolex. Rolex, Rolex? There was a lot of- like re- models? models no i mean listen there's a lot of vintage stuff pre-owned stuff rolex okay. across the board it really doesn't matter um obviously vintage stuff because that that market hasn't really fluctuated too much it
0: probably hasn't taken the hit that
1: right you know, right um bigger pieces rm ap moving. it's not that there's no demand for it but they're really they're, there's a little more trigger shyness
0: yeah is everybody kind of waiting to see what the next price is going to be now it might be lower i might think stay the same. i think a
1: lot of people that have absorbed so many losses at this point are just waiting for a call. Like For example, if you have an AP tourbillon of some sort or a perpetual calendar that you overpaid for, but is rare, you wait for a call because there will be a call and then you'll sell it to absorb the loss. Because if somebody's writing you a check for it, it's completely different than buying it on call.
0: Now, are you seeing less of the dealers that you're used to seeing there? Are less people visiting the shows?
1: Well, this time let's remember that Europe more or less opened up, so I yeah. saw so a lot more European dealers. Whereas before, we didn't see any, and ja- Japan opened up, so we saw I, there was a few people I didn't see for three years there that were go. at the show. One guy who we used to do a lot of business with spent two hundred fifty thousand with us, which was big. Yeah. I'm wondering if a lot of
0: people kind of took too hard of a hit and either bowed out of the industry or just can't afford to go in and buy. You
1: see, I thought that was going to be the case yeah. where people, where we like to call the backpack dealers, yeah. were going to really backpack and go the other way Hmm. but i think they got a sense of how easy it can be to make money if you more or less know what you're doing so they kind of stayed to ride the wave out um that being said, people don't want to take the losses that they took before and they're being a little more cautious, cautious but they're yeah. still doing business. Okay. Like, you need, if you, if you took a lot of losses, you need to reinvest that money to make that back. You can't just sit on the sidelines. Of course. You need to keep the revenue turning and, and keep the profits going.
0: Now, what are you hearing from them as far as like, you know, them talking to you about, you know, what they're moving, what they're buying, what they're selling, what their clients are saying? Is there any, any, any future outlook from them that you kind of got, you know, an idea of?
1: Well, look. If you remember earlier in the year, late 21, early 22, people were almost buying anything that anything. they can get their hands yeah. on. They needed to re- replenish their Rolex stock, their AP stock, Patek stock. Now people are just kind of like not really sure what they want. They're going to buy something if it's the right price, no matter what. No anything. matter what, people will buy at the right price. But we w- used to have people come and be like, "I need five Panedetonas. I need this. I need that." Whereas now it's kind of like, "How much is that? Oh, if it's a good deal, let's make a deal." But what I saw the most of was a guy coming up to the showcase. And what was good to see was a lot of new faces. That's very important yeah, because are, that's welcoming people into the industry is how much is this? Okay, snap a picture, send it to a client. We had three people do that who actually end up making a sale. Nice. Okay.
0: Um, were the negotiations harder than usual? Were people trying to really beat you up?
1: IWJG's war, man. I it's so the, it's always, there's always negotiations. It right. doesn't, it doesn't, uh, obviously it's harder now, whereas people were more, were more willing to bend just to get the product. Whereas now like, you know, you are more inclined to sell something now, whereas before it, you were working under the, next week is gonna be a higher price, or like yep. today's price is not yesterday's price type Correct. of thing. Whereas you would hold firmly on price. Yeah. Now the seller is willing to, yeah. Give a little you know, bit more away.
0: Would you say that the show was a success overall?
1: I would say the show is a success. Now let me ask it's, you:
0: that, Do you think it's a success because for over the last couple of months we've been buying a lot more from the public, and we've been we've been able to get good deals? Now, if you were still buying mostly, you know, wholesale, would you be able to be competitive? I would say because um, I mean again we're known for obviously having very competitive pricing and we're able to do that because of our strength buying from the public and and our movement to become one of the biggest watch buyers you know in the world if we didn't have that and we we're dealing and you know wheeling dealing just like everybody else would we be able to be competitive
1: so there's a few so there's a few different topics to cover here right being competitive by by being, being competitive you mean on on pricing yes so the reason that on a wholesale level, we're able to do what we do is obviously because we have. It's a numbers game because of the volume of people of we get in. You have to remember that the majority of people that come to us to sell something, it's never it's never like one out of two you buy. We have so many yes. so many leads and so many verticals of of buying watches. So it's a numbers game. The more people we have coming to us, the more success we are at buying. Therefore, we can we can give prices.
0: I'm just wondering, like other dealers out there that don't have the strength that we do buying from the public yeah. in the rates that we do. How do they compete price-wise?
1: I mean, they don't, it, it doesn't matter for them. I'll tell you why, because if you're working from home with zero overhead on the toilet seat, you You paying 30,000 yeah. for a Panda Daytona and selling it for 30,700 yeah. may actually be a higher net margin than us Correct. buying one for 30, selling for 34.
0: Yeah, I didn't take that into consideration. So Obviously, have we have the overhead, yeah, th- you're right. Let's move on to the antique show. Let's go more retail facing. What is the energy? What are you seeing? What are people buying? What's going on there? Tell me about the experience. And, and
1: so, moving into the antique show. So, IWJG, you have two days of the show, and then you have a setup day, and then following the setup day, you have four more days of show. Which it's actually it's a lot of work, right? It's, it's very it's very intense. It's, a, it's very high high pace. A lot of, a lot of talking. A lot of action. So, the antique show for me started a little bit bad, and I'll tell you a story why. Ah, let me hear it. And this kind of goes back to the golden rule, right? And how I don't eat s- yellow snow. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the first golden rule. Second golden rule is there's that saying that treat people the way you want to be treated. Of course. And sometimes I take that to heart when it doesn't happen to me. Of course. So setting up for the antique show. Um, we So our, our merchandise comes from one part of Miami to the other versus Malka Mit, And we're setting up for the show. And as we're setting up for the show, a few dealers, it's only dealers allowed in during setup. A couple IWJG stragglers, right, came up to the showcase. We're setting up for the show. And, as, and guys, you have to remember that when we have our merchandise at the show, our salespeople are still working, still selling product. Therefore, our inventory sends us a pull list. Like, hey, don't sell this. We need to ship it back mm-hmm. to the office. In the, inter- in, in, the, in, the, um, in the event we were setting up, we got a pull list of, of merchandise that me and Roman oversaw. We didn't see it. We didn't see it come in. It was literally like a five-minute period where we didn't see the pull list come in. I'm setting up the showcase. Dealer comes in to look at a few watches, asks a few prices. Then he narrows in on a Breguet Marine Chrono, right? Random watch. Yeah. Asks me about the watch. Yeah. I say, hey, the price is $18,000. He goes, can I pay you sixteen? I mean it's a typical thing. I'm sorry. I said 175. He's like, I'll pay you 16. We're having a, we're having a conversation, normal conversation. Roman comes in because you know Roman likes to be in every hand. And he goes to the guy. He he wants to do the coin flip oh, thing. The coin flip hey, thing. It's good okay. content. All right. Yeah, whatever. Good content. He goes, "I win, you pay 18 for it." You win, you pay 15 for it. Wow, that's a big spread. So I'm like, Roman, like, I, I start- He would been fine at 16. Like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Okay, make a long story short, Roman flips the coin, we lose, fair, fair and square. Guy writes a check for the watch, and normally I wouldn't say anything. He leaves with the watch, We, me and Roman are both on our phone, we look at the pull list, and that watch is on the pull Holy list. Holy shit. Okay? Somebody here sold it. Somebody here sold it. Hours prior, we didn't see the yeah. pull list. <laughs> Roman calls the guy to ask for the watch back. He goes, listen, we made a mistake. It's actually for a very good client. We need the watch back. Here's what our cost <laughs> is. Roman sold the watch that cost 15000 oh okay? He goes, we'll give you all the profit. Here's the invoice for what the watch was sold for. Give me the watch back. We'll give you the profit. We'll eat it. He goes, no, I think I can sell the watch for, for $19,000. He goes, now oh, keep in mind. Oh my God. So so so. So keep in mind that that's he had sheisty. he had every right to do that of because course. he wrote the check. The deal is this the somebody deal. you
0: know? Like have you done business with him before?
1: Let me get to the to the better part. This is a guy that I worked with for twelve years. Have done millions in oh, business with. Have extended terms. Have chased for payment. Was willing to burn a bridge. Wow. Over an extra thousand dollars. Wow. Where he was going to make twenty five hundred dollars, risk free. Here, doing nothing. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. Wow. On a mistake. So that's how my antique show started. <laughs>
0: That's not a good <laughs>
1: That is like I went I hope it got oh, better after that. Petty King mode at that. Holy point. Holy shit, I, I, I can ready, imagine. I yeah, I was ready to grip someone up because it wasn't about losing a deal. It wasn't about losing money. Wow. It was about, hey, this is a guy that, that really did something that I would never do. And now we have to go back to our client and say, hey, listen, we made a mistake and have to go find the watch.
0: That is I'm fucked up. And me. he couldn't, like, he, no way to fix it. He, he couldn't negotiate, he goes, couldn't. Oh,
1: sorry, bro. I think I could sell it for $19. i am like, what you do you mean m- I think I could sell I'm it? Like, you motherfucker. I was like, how about it's th- sold today? Th- done. Million- Dude, risk free. Here's a $2,500 profit on 15000 Who wouldn't take that? But, I was like, your homie. If, if, if you called me and we Jesus were friends and I did Christ. that, I'd be like, bro, no problem. Take the watch back. That is fucked up. I was like, "Dude, блядь, bl- z- v- b- b- wow. like, I was ready to fucking kill him. That's how the antique show started. So my mind, "Oh,
0: definitely like, burn the like, bridge." I mean, he's done with well, you. Fuck him. Or, I mean, fuck him. Fuck him. I guess he was okay doing that.
1: Dude, <laughs> they, they don't care. They don't see they don't they don't see yeah, past, nothing past five don't minutes. You see the, the, yeah. past, the, the, the dollar amount? A thousand dollars. She was ready to burn a bridge. This industry is not I, really. I think, I think it's like that in every industry. There's just people out there that just don't give a fuck. Yeah. What what that essentially told me was fuck you and your family and your clients and everything wow. about. And it. no way to replace that watch? <laughs> no, there is. Like, well, fine, yeah. we'll probably lose money. But yeah. it is what it is. Like, you know,
0: what are you gonna do? Was, was it a, was it a salesperson sale or like an online?
1: Marco sold it. Marco that's money out of Marco's pocket huh money out of market that's pocket What it is yeah we'll, we'll, we'll make it back okay. so that's that's more or less how the antique show started we went to dinner had a nice glass of wine came back the next day and it was just like pandemonium like as soon as i walked in good was pandemonium line, good pandemonium okay good. busy busy tell busy me people. tell me more about it so a lot of people listen we did you know uh, kudos to you a big marketing um, great marketing to invite people over to the show people flew from from the UK. Mostly to
0: meet you guys rather, but I wonder, oh, and to I'm wondering do if do actually buying. Oh yeah. yeah, and to okay. do business.
1: Some people from the UK, we did a deal with, okay. with two guys that came from the UK that were um, uh, followers of our show. A Couple people from California, from Canada, a few people nice. came through. Nice. So it was successful. Was the volume crazy in terms of numbers? No, but I think we met a few really good people, got a few really good phone numbers, and okay. that's what it's about. It's, it's really about networking and of you course. never know. Yeah. The, the overhead
0: is crazy. Yeah, right? that's just, the question, like, just, is it a loss? I mean, again, dollar for dollar on the day of. Not saying over the next year I might sell a couple more. I, I got a good client out of it. Dollar for dollar the day of the show or, you know, I guess, the week of the show. I'd say it's a wash. It's a wash. Okay. Yeah, for now. It's, because, again, it's ultimately then it wouldn't be a wash because you're getting clients. You're getting future business. You've networked. You've built relationships. You've put your face out there. People yeah.
1: recognize you more and they want to do business with you. And what's also great about it is… Even if it was a wash the day of, for example, there was a situation that happened this morning where it's not only us at the show, there are other dealers of with course. merchandise. So a friend of ours had an FP Jorn, a rare FP Journe that was in his showcase. We put it on Instagram and now we're working on a deal to close it with a client right now. There you go. Whether it closes today, tomorrow, next week, yeah. that's part of the show. Yeah. That would have never happened if we weren't at the show. So. Of
0: course. Now let me ask you, did you see any hesitation from the client's side as far as purchasing?
1: No, and I'll tell you why not. Because the fact that they came there, they're already motivated to do business. Okay, they
0: they took the trip. They took the trip. They came with money in hand.
1: Right, they came with money in hand, so there was already motivation from them to make the trip to take the time and do it. We did a couple of really cool deals. Actually, my favorite deal of the whole entire trip was a young couple came by um, to trade in a few watches, Mm -hmm. and they looked at our whole entire showcase, and they they were were like a younger couple, kind of hype flex culture. And the watch that they ended up buying was the most surprising purchase uh, deal of the show. They bought this old 18238, which is a 36-day mm. date, with the Conjar dial.
0: Oh, they bought that one.
1: They bought wow. it with the Conjar dial. We explained... We any, ex- any reason? Any connection? No connection whatsoever. They were not from Oman or anything like that. That's what I mean. They like, were just a young couple. They We mm. explained to them the providence of the watch, how important it is. The condition was a huge thing. Yes. How red the actual Conjar logo yeah. was. And the ladies like you know what, I think this makes sense to buy because I want to put this away from my kids. As
0: far as like a long term, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, that, and I was like, yeah. you know what, that's very smart because you will not find another example like that. Yeah. She was looking in that price point of like 50 to 60K plus her trade-ins. Surprise! surprised so she didn't she, buy
0: something for herself or for her husband. Well, she, or ended she up- can
1: wear it for herself. I mean, it's it's still 36 yellow do you gold price. But do you think it
0: makes sense for her to actually wear it rather than just... Put it In a safe and, and hold it for the next 20 years, so she
1: can do whatever she wants. It's such a crisp piece. I was like, Look, yeah. if you really want to, it wasn't great if you really right. want to maintain its, uh, its integrity, its value, yeah. then wear it accordingly, right? Yeah. Don't, don't wear it every Sparingly, day yeah. to, to you know, whatever, don't beat it up to, to Whole Foods and to the, the gym, wear it for special occasions. So well, that was pretty cool.
0: What are people buying? Like, what you know, the trend just think back about the transactions that you actually did with the retail customers. What was is it the same thing? Rolexes, like, nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary?
1: So, so, most of the purchases came through trades for okay. the regular product. And by regular product, I mean your Rolex, your AP, your paddock, stuff yeah. like that. All trade-ins. A Couple people bought a few rare pieces that they didn't need for trade-ins. They saw, hey, this watch is really cool. I saw you guys advertising it on YouTube or on Instagram, okay. I saw it on your website and I wanted to come see it in person. Now that I saw it in person, let's talk business. There, there was go. a few cool sales that happened like that. It was one of those pieces, like an independent brand piece where like, I've never sold this in real life, I need to go come try this on.
0: Gotcha. What's and they did the deal. biggest dollar amount you sold at the show? Again, to a retail facing customer, was it the conjar?
1: No, it's a 15, um, I would say it's a 59.90 rose okay. for 260 yeah. grand.
0: And that's personal use? Personal use, nice yeah. fifty nine
1: nice. ninety. That was probably the, i si- trying to think. Yeah, I think that's the biggest one. Like yeah. one watch.
0: What do you think, you, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we don't actually have the numbers yet. What do you think we did in sales total for the antique show?
1: Uh, I think we broke
0: two million. Broke two million. That's, yeah, I think that, we broke That's on par with like previous shows yeah. even during yeah. the boom. I yeah. mean, I remember we had one show where like we were unbelievably happy to have done $2 million and that was during, you know, what I guess now you can call it the good times.
1: You know what else was cool? is although we work in this big facility and we have watches that are like constantly in rotation upstairs and videography and content, when you actually have your whole entire showcase in front of you every it, yeah. single day for five days, yeah, you actually start making things happen, yeah. whether at the show or not. Like I sold an RM2 Platinum, right? Which it's, we've had for a while, yeah. but like it was just in front of me the whole time. I'm like, I gotta make something it's happen. top like of this.
0: mind, you know, you're, yeah. you're looking to
1: move it. It was right there. Yeah. People were talking about Maybe we gotta change people. something
0: up. Maybe we gotta like, what, have move like, the,
1: move the no upstairs. no
0: have a bunch of TVs with every single watch like you know that we have in stock so on have, it all yeah, day we long.
1: Ha, we have it on the website, but there's still something to be said about the merchandise sitting there. Like the, the piece kept like looking at me, you know what I mean. And Plus, like,
0: you I, could suddenly like realize, oh, I think I had a customer just ask me about something like that. You know, like yeah. if it's top of mind, it's easier to move. Yep. Um, all right. So overall, shows were good. Both wholesale and retail that's really good to hear given the fact that everybody's you know we have tons and tons of comments on our youtube videos that the watch industry is dead floating face bullshit. down in a pool but bullshit. And, and this is coming from people that have no idea bullshit. they've never sold a watch in their life they very likely never will this is good to hear that things are moving in the right direction that they're actually moving
1: at all there's there was a scary trend from about april to august whole spring and summer although we actually had a pretty solid oh, spring we had a summer, good summer yeah. I mean, that,
0: relatively speaking of course the, the market but. yeah
1: i mean we, we sold a, f- a few big things which kind of moved the revenue numbers and everything but from a dealer perspective there was a lot of panic out yeah. there almost yeah. not almost as much as when COVID happened but i would say one of the best things about uh, the trip to miami shout out to poppy steak Oh, holy! It's amazing. It's amazing. Shit. I love
0: that place. I got to meet my idol, Ronnie Feig. Feig, uh, yeah. there. You know that was that was. That's my why I love God, that place. man!
1: They brought out they brought this corn dish, the pastrami. Oh,
0: it's so good. Fuck. The smoked pastrami. Oh, they just
1: bring out. The, I love that they place. Just bring out these like suitcases and you're like, oh, yep, I'm getting. The show rate. that they put on is better financially than the food. Rape, 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 rape. Just take it. <laughs> what was it a thousand dollar steak? Right, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing.
0: All right, let's talk about our next topic. Bill Ackman decides to invest in Vermont watches yeah. because he personally loves their watches. And he invested his own personal funds, not his funds, well, not his fund, apostrophe S money, his own personal money.
1: I don't know if I necessarily agree with that point that he just because he personally likes it because he, this is just a random guy that bought a random piece of stake in a company. However, I, I'm actually kind of. I actually kind of geek out about finance and stocks. So there's actually certain people I read about and actually watch their interviews. And Bill Ackman randomly ha- happens to be one of the guys. Yeah. He's a value investor. He's a guy that yeah. will take a big stake in the company and then, you know, be kind of kind of like Warren Buffett does. Absolutely. Activist investors. What Bill Ackman does. Okay. That being said, he saw something dollar wise in that company in their financial report that made it that made sense for him to come in.
0: I'll what, I'll, I'll read to you exactly what he said. He said. He believed Vermont could reach the scale of Swiss watchmaker Breitling, which was valued at $4.5 billion late last year when private equity firm Partners Group took control of the company. Now, the reason he invested, he says, I wrote a handwritten note to the founder saying, I admire your company, I love watches, and I would love to learn more. And then they reached back out to him and said, welcome. Come on in. Let's talk. Really? That's That's, cool. That's that's how it all started. He didn't have any any you know, financial reason to invest in it. So again, he didn't use his funds money. He used his own personal money from his bank account to invest in this. Clearly, he's a fan of watches, obviously. The fact that he's a fan of Vermont is pretty cool. It's a UK-based company, you know, not like you know, the typical Swiss-made you know, watches, yeah. That- um, have you ever seen a Vermont watch in person? I mean, I personally have not.
1: Um, I don't believe we've ever had one here. It's still one of those kind of lesser price point things that don't really change hands that much i think they have their own small little following right i've I've seen vermont watches and they do a lot of very cool things um i i think i follow their instagram page i think their founder and the person at the helm is actually a pretty cool guy um he's very hands-on with the company kind of like a like a francois or richard meal with richard meal but uh I'd have I I really truly believe that he probably saw the fin- the financial report of the company like hey I'm sure he's this ex- company is growing is doing well yeah. I think if I put X into it it's gonna get to get to here so now, that's interesting that makes that, that now makes me want to buy a Vermont watch like, in here's in a weird the thing way. he's a
0: smart guy Barry. and if he's saying that he believes this could one day be valued at four point five billion dollars just like Breitling. Do you see that happening? Being in the watch industry itself, moving these watches, do you think Vermont is going to be a brightling or do you think it's going to be a movement?
1: Look, at the end of the day, it's out of sight, out of mind, right? You have companies that we don't really deal with that much. Let's say for yeah, la Casio, for example, yeah. we don't, we personally don't deal with them. Therefore we're like, oh, this watch yeah. ain't shit. But maybe their numbers mirror that of Patek Philippe, but we don't even know about it. Right. Or Invicta. Right, we don't deal with Invicta yeah. but they run huge numbers huge. it's just not our market Vermont may, may be one of them I have to see how, what their revenue is I don't know
0: do you think it's more localized like just you know UK residents are big fans of their own you know UK made watches I mean so I yeah. recently started buying New Balances and I love it now because I know they're US made I'm yeah. supporting it's cool plus they're super comfortable and they, you know they're dad shoes oh, but they have
1: a but, history behind them right New Balance for, for the most part I assume I don't know it yeah okay so <laughs> uh, um.
0: <laughs> but I'm just wondering if like okay You know, you're a UK resident, you're supporting your own company, your own country, you're buying a UK-made watch. So I'm wondering if they reach outside of the UK, if they have a big, you know, customer base, let's say in the US, uh, you know, China, Asia, any of that stuff.
1: They probably, listen, they're probably like a cruise ship line type of brand or on the islands or stuff like that, where it's kind of that price point, where people kind of make, you know, if you're buying a watch for, I'm not really sure what their price point is, but I would imagine it's sub 5,000. So a lot of these sub $5,000 brands are one of those like, I'm drunk on a cruise type purchases and like, yeah. hell with it. Let me just spend some money, type yeah, just, in, impulse purchases, yep. I would think. Yep. Uh, now Marco could probably attest better to Vermont as a whole, the brand and the mechanics, everything behind it. But I have to say, if he put his money where his mouth is, there's some, there's something there.
0: Lots of respect for, sure. for that. There's something there. All right, we're gonna wrap up today's episode. Guys, if you like this sort of content, if you liked our, our podcast, if you like this video, make sure to subscribe, make sure to, to give us a review like comment do whatever it is that you got to do to make sure we keep doing this
1: and please follow the golden rule literally please treat people the way you want to be treated otherwise you will be disappointed
0: there you go yes see you guys later